come on, magnify the Lord. Pastor Moore's coming. Everybody say, jump on him, Jesus. Bless him, Jesus. Oh, isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord this morning in the presence of our Heavenly Father, if you please. A Father that loves us with such a love and compassion, caring to supply our every need. I'll even go a step further than that. One place the scripture says he'll give us the desires of our heart. You may be seated. Let me say welcome to all of our guests. It's good to have each one of you to come and to join with us on this Father's Day to worship the true Father. Scripture warns us about calling fathers. <laughs> Amen. So we have to be careful with that. But we know who is the, the heavenly Father. He's the creator and supplier, amen, of all the resources that you and I are blessed with that we can provide and protect our own families, and we thank God for that. But we give honor to each father in this house this morning. God bless you for coming and to be a part of this service and to join with us in loving and worshiping Jesus Christ. Praise God. There's, there's nothing like fathers that are willing to come to the house of God. Amen. To humble themselves and yield themselves and take out the time. Amen. To come to the house of God, to worship him and to magnify and to exalt him. We're going to do a little different this morning. I have really prayed and in one sense struggled. <laughs> Amen. Wrestled with this and uh, praise God. But I, I real feel as the leading and the directing of this service to go, amen, to, through with what I've already felt. And so to help you out, we're not going to have service tonight. We're going to kind of follow as much as we can Mother's Day and that, that routine, amen, in all the areas. But I really want us to put our hearts into this service this morning. I, I really feel that God, amen, wants to speak to us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to teach the lesson, but to preach, teach, and it's going to be kind of an intertwined, amen, of a number of things. I have felt, felt so strongly about this and uh, uh, spent quite a bit of time just praying and asking for direction of what God would want us to do. Man, we want to please God here today. We want to honor the Lord here today. We want to, you know, and uh, sometimes these kind of schedules can rob us both of this service and the service tonight. But by relieving the service tonight, that means we can focus upon this service and we can give it every we've got because now you'll have this afternoon to spend some time with your dad and different ones if you don't have one maybe the Lord will put one on you amen and you go and visit them anyway praise God this afternoon but uh, if you don't mind we're going to do that I'm going to let brother Keith sister Judy I'm going to let them they can take their class but we're going to hold everybody else out and and uh, we're just going to see what's fixing to unfold here and what's going to happen Amen. I'm going, to, I'm going to teach the lesson, but I'm going to go further back. I'm going, to, I'm going to dig back a little bit. And Fathers are leaders. We're living in a, a, a time in America that if they've ever need strong leadership, I'm going to tell you something, the strong leadership's got to start in the home. A family was instituted before even a church. You know how you have strong churches? By having strong families. Strong families that believe in God and believe in one another and willing to 
work together, pray together, worship together, willing to work out difficult situations, amen, and to have an ear to hear, as Brother Ford done mentioned this morning, amen, to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying unto us. With this, this nation right here, as far as I can tell, is probably the only real, and don't take, me, don't take it wrong when I'm fixing to say godly nation by the fact that we believe in the Messiah. We believe that in the Messiah, that he came, that we believe in that man called Jesus Christ. And it's through this lamb and through this man now that we're able to attain things and receive things. And if you try to come up any other way, you come as a thief. And so when we, we have took knowledge of that and witness of that and confessed that, and, and I know maybe not everybody in the same degrees in the same manner, but, uh, but as far as a nation, it was founded upon that. And so it's the, the enemy is doing everything he possibly can from, from, from whatever direction. That means even from the White House to right down to schools or whatever that he can find inroads and uh, uh, means and ways to tear it down and to, to destroy it. So it's an opportunity for you and I as the church, amen, to open our ears into the word of God and make up in our minds. And I'm going to direct some of this to fathers, but it won't be just to fathers, amen. But it's going to be to all of us individually, amen, as we, we have an ear to hear, amen, the voice of God and the word of God, amen. And, and believe what he's taught us as commandments and principles and statutes and that we're willing to pay the price to keep them that we're not going to be confused in the hour that we're living and the times that we're living amen hallelujah the time's really in his hand but oh God help us in the time that we're living today that we can be a vessel of God like never before we can be families of God and a church of God amen to walk where God wants us to walk and so if you'll just help me out this morning and and I was going to ask your opinion about it but as a service went and kind of the things fell like it I just feel real strongly to do this and if it's offending you I'm sorry uh, you can come this tonight if you like and hey if you, I'll come if you want me to and we'll do whatever but but the, you know I'm gonna give you opportunity amen this morning we're gonna put everything we've got into this service and by the help of the Lord by the help of the Holy Ghost amen and it's gonna go a little slow for a little while as I lay a little history down and pull back at some kings why they the, the what what brought this episode that our lessons about what brought this to a showtime hey I'm telling you it's a showtime in America it's a showtime in a world who's really going to believe in this true God and represent him in the manner and the way that he wants us to represent him and the power and the demonstration of his spirit hallelujah I tell you Paul our own apostle taught us that I didn't come with man's wisdom hallelujah but I come what in a demonstration of the spirit if there's ever been an opportunity amen for the spirit to, to manifest itself and declare its powers right in the midst of a corner, amen, 19, right in the midst of the sins and wickedness and darkness, amen, is trying to creep in. It's a time to let the Spirit of the Lord lift up a standard. It's a time to let the Holy Ghost, God Almighty, be the God, amen, in every situation and every area of our lives. But the only way you and I are going to do that, we got to hold on and keep His commandments. So what's going to happen? And uh, so y- y- y'all can go. We'll let their class... I know they like to do things, and I don't want to mess all that up. And they can get a, a CD, a free one. <laughs> Brother Nathan, he'll we'll take care of that. He does a good job. Thank God for that. And uh, so the rest of us, you can just be seated. God, we appreciate you doing an awesome job this morning. I may not be following protocol, and I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> all right.
So, uh, even came back last night, uh, just reaching out, trying to, to uh, just uh, feel like to what the Lord have us to do here today, Amen. On this Father's Day, uh, we just we want to please our Heavenly Father. You know, we want to, want to, but we want to want it to be an opportunity that he, he that Father can walk up and down these aisles. Minister to the hearts and the souls and lives that gathered here to worship him this morning. Sister Jean, it's good to see you. God bless you. Amen. God bless her. She's doing better. Thank God. <laughs> it's good to see each one of you. It's so good to have Brother Bobby's son and wife with us. God bless them this morning. Appreciate them coming. Amen. Surprised his daddy. <laughs> coming to be in the house of God. Amen. So, as we look at this, the Lord... He is God. He never changes. He's an unchanging God. Okay? So, and I'll try to watch the time, but in a sense, I'm not. Okay? So, just, just bear with me. I'm not the best at some of this, but I'm going to go back a little bit and, and what's brought, what brought us to this situation. We're living in a world today that some's going to question where's God at? When you see the chaos and the killing and the turmoil that's taking place upon our streets, especially in the larger cities and places now, thank God, you know, Mississippi, we've been pretty exempt, pretty blessed in, in both areas and all the areas. So sometimes, you know, uh, you know, some people say, man, you ought to live in that state or this state or that other state. Boy, one of them Mississippi guys, huh? Yeah. But anyway... It, it, you know, thank God. I'm glad to be in Mississippi today. How about you? Hallelujah. I'm glad to be in Bendale, Mississippi. Glad to be at the first Jesus name church of Bendale, Mississippi. I'm glad we still recognize the name of the power of the authority. The only name that has been given that you and I might be saved. That ain't all. That's the only name that the devil recognizes. It's the only name that he'll submit to. When you pray and ask in this name, hallelujah, he doesn't give him a choice. I'm going to tell you something. The devil, I'm going to tell you something. That's the most rebellious, deceived creature there is. And that's exactly how he works on most people. It's out of spiritual rebellionness and things of that nature. And lying to them, deceiving them, blinding them. But I thank God for truth and I thank God for the light that is shining down and move upon us here this morning and that's our hearts beating that's our desire I want the Holy Ghost and fire to fall in this house and fall upon us I'm God I'm glad to be serving a God that is a consuming fire that consuming fire can burn out everything that's in my heart everything that's in my mind everything that's in my spirit if I'll submit myself and humble myself and give myself unto the mighty hand of God and the voice of God and the Word of God, there's nothing in my life that He cannot help me overcome and be victorious over. We made overcomers by the Word of our testimony. We made overcomers by the Word of God. And if we'll stay with the Word of God, we're going to be victorious. And we're going to be overcomers. And that has a change, amen, in 2020. And that has a change, amen, right in the midst of all the chaos and the troubles that's going on among us. The Word of God is sure. The Word of God is a sure foundation. I'm serving the chief cornerstone. I'm following after the apostles of the Gentiles called the Apostle Paul. I'm following after a pathway that I know is going to lead us to eternal life. I'm following after a direction and a journey, amen, that we don't have to worry about all the tomorrows. God's already got them mapped out and worked out. We're not going to fret and worry about all that. But we're going to see what happened to Israel. What caused them to wind up in the condition 
and facing the moment, the time that God had to send a man of God unto them. And in this particular scripture setting, a man of God that had to stand in one sense by himself with the voice of God and obeying the voice of God. Okay? So, a focus verse, a focus thought. God is God alone and has all power. That can be very confusing. If he has all power, why don't he stop all that? He is. Just give him time. He's got his time. He's got his time. He's got his time. He's going to let the hour of darkness and the power of the enemy fulfill its course. But when that's over with, and he'll prove that upon this earth with the millennium. A thousand years where there be no killing, no robbing, any of that. God's going to set it up, but he's going to sit on the throne in Israel, amen, in Jerusalem, in that temple. And nations are going to flee to him. And they're going to hear his counsel. And they're going to understand what could have been. Amen. If we hadn't failed. Amen. And listen to the lines. That serpent. Hallelujah. Fail in the fall of man. <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad to be a part of a kingdom this morning. Hallelujah. That I'm not confused about. Amen. With all the chaos that's going on. I'm glad I've experienced a gospel. And a God that I know that is alive and well. That's put a fire in us. Hallelujah. That nothing can put it out. Woo! I said nothing can put it out. And there's a fire, amen, that comes from God. It's not drummed up. It's not, not maneuvered by man. But when God gets ready to burn something up, I tell you, when God moves and the man of God speaks, he sets it to set the situation out there. There'd be no doubt in anybody's mind. It's just who showed up. Hey, I believe he's going to show up in this service this morning. I believe he's going to manifest himself and give us an opportunity. Hallelujah. Be touched and moved by the hand of the God Almighty. I'm believing that. There's our heavenly father that loves us with an everlasting love cares about us man he was the one standing out there with the open arms of the prodigal son made his run to him and so there's a lot to it i, I may not get to all that but as we look at the the focus verse itself first kings 18 39 and when the, all the people saw it they fell on their faces and they said the lord he is the god the lord he is the god Oh, this is Israel. This is the northern tribes, the ten, that has spoken this. And we'll get to that. It'll be toward the last, the latter part of it. I felt strongly to go way back in several hundred years. And what brought Israel to have to come to such a showtime? To, to how did they get in such a spiritual condition that they was halt between opinions? That they questioned the God of Israel. That they doubted him. And they was unwilling to serve him. And now it came to a place in this northern kingdom. Amen. That, that showtime is how the writer of the lesson. If you read the lesson. It came showtime. That God was going to show them who was God. That Baal was not God. And all the other gods that they give themselves or humbled themselves or became obedient unto was not their God. But I am your God, a God that can answer by fire. So I'm not going all the way back. We could go back to Saul, David, and Solomon. It stayed as a whole kingdom, the 12 tribes. But until the time of the, the passing of Solomon. And then comes on the scene Rehoboam. Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. 
And, and you know the story how he, he questioned the young man, the elders, and he didn't listen to the elders. He listened to the young man. He was going to put more pressure on them. And so they rebelled against Rehoboam. And so now we're going to have a split kingdom. And he was even, even prophesied or the man of God spoke to Jeroboam. Amen. It's going to be the man. Amen. That's going to be because he was brought back in now. Amen. And he's going to be the leader that's going to lead the one. Amen. The northern kingdom. The ten tribes. And so I'm going to go back in scripture. I'm going to read some of the scriptures. Quite a few of them. And from this point that kind of kept leads us up to this moment and to this hour. And what began to transpire and what took place and what brought this on. This will help you to understand why it's so important as Paul instructed us to pray for our leaders our political leaders amen as they play to positions of kings and they're the ones that pass laws and governed and, and, and force things to happen and cause people to follow them and they would go to whatever extremes and so Jeroboam amen is the key player amen from this point on after fallen Solomon Jeroboam is the guy, amen, that we're going to read about, that's going to lay down a foundation, that's going to create some things to begin to happen. We're living in a world today in our own nation. Most people believe that it doesn't really matter where you go to church. Don't believe it doesn't make any difference, amen, how you worship, who you worship. But I'm here to tell you, you're going to see if you'll study Israel out in the Old Testament. It makes all the difference in the world, not only who you worship, but how you worship him. When he gave us instructions and guidance with commandments and principles, amen, and his statues he expected us to keep them and out of this obedience we'd be guaranteed of the blessings and the promises of God that can ride with us that's the reason I believe there's an institution amen that's in the United States called the church hallelujah that has more power and authority than the White House and I'm not against the White House and I believe in praying for Mr. Trump amen Mr. Pence and all the senators hallelujah and I pray God's hand upon them God's direction upon them and they would make the right decisions and they could put up the fight I have an obligation and responsibility to pray that and pray that on a daily basis. It's not just for them, amen, or Republican Party. That's not what it's about. I'm praying, amen, that the kingdom of God and the hand of God, amen, can unfold and be released. The hour of darkness is prevailing. The hour of darkness is pursuing, amen, and men are waxing worse and worse. But I'm telling you, the church can lift up and we can pull some of them out of the fire, out of the fire to destroy them. See, there's two fires. There's one fire that you can have ignited in you that'll lead you to life eternal or another the fire that's going to be ignited in you that's going to consume you. Hey, you, you won't die, but you'll be forever separated from this God Almighty. Hey, I'm telling you, it's a serious thing when you begin to think about it and put thought into it. Hallelujah, eternity is a long time and the destination of where your soul is going to wind up. It's going to mean everything to you the moment that happens. So as we watch this, go all the way back to 1 Kings, the 12th chapter. We're going to begin to see that after Jeroboam had received the leadership of the ten kings of the ten tribes, the northern kingdom there. And, 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 but he began to, to reestablish, reinstitute some, some practices, some way of worship and the place of worship. And he also gave the reason why. Watch what he says. In about the 25th verse, and Jeroboam built Shechem unto Ephraim and dwelt therein and went out from thence and built Peniel. Now watch this. Jeroboam said in his heart. He began to reason within himself. He began to observe what was going on and what was going to transpire and what could happen. No doubt, a man wicked. The heart, man's heart is wicked. 
of vile and evil above his own imaginations. And so when he's not prone or subject, and when he does not allow a man of God in his life, amen, you're going to notice even at this point, and even a little prior to this, you're going to see the statements mentioned often, but especially in this setting and the series of the history of Israel here, that the statements made man of God showed up. Man of God from Judah. The man of God amen that came. And how often the man of God would come with a voice. He would not be the popular vote. He would not be the one that they wanted to hear. Amen from the leadership right on down. But thank God that God still loved Israel enough and he's going to give them time and time again to repent. And one of the reasons I want to go back to this is because we're living in a world today wants to know where God's at and why he's allowing a lot of this that goes on. And there are pains and sufferings in this world that we question and we wonder why God suffered or allowed it. And sometimes it's just our time and season. And none of us exempt from it. I'd love to tell you that we'd be exempt from, from COVID-19. But we're not. But in the midst of it, I'm telling you, God can help us and strengthen us. And we got to hope, amen, where, where the medical fields. And I appreciate them. I pray for them. I believe we need to pray for our health system. I need we to pray to pray for the key people, amen, that can get involved in this. And, and help us get back to a little more normalcy. I'm telling you, this past week, I had a pastor call me. Asking me, what am I going to do? What direction? I'm going to take. Hallelujah. Nah, well, I'm going to leave that alone. Hallelujah. But, but, but I'm telling you, is there ever been a time we need to hear the voice of God? If there's ever been a time that we need to nail down the word of God and hang on that peg that brother mentioned the other night. Hey, look, you know what the peg meant? You can hang anything you wanted to. There wasn't nothing too small or too big to hang on none other but Jesus Christ is the peg. And I'm telling you today, amen, that on this Father's Day, anything you and I struggle against, anything that you and I battle against, it doesn't matter if it's physically, mentally, or spiritually, and you come and cast it at his feet, when you come and hang it on that peg with honesty and sincerity, this God can take care of it. But you got to be willing to sell out. you got to be willing to be honest and sincere. I can do it. Praise God. He's still in the miracle working business. Isn't he, Sister Lynn? She told me this morning, said we prayed for her. She said she had gout in her feet that swelled up and killing her. Next morning she got up, the swelling was gone. Said they hadn't hurt since. <laughs> I said, immediately I said to her, I said, Sister Land, if he can heal your feet, he can heal your lungs. We'll take it. He's a healer. He's a provider. He's a way maker. He's still in the miracle working business. And right in the midst of all this chaos, God will show up. God will show up and manifest his power. So, Jeroboam said in his own heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. Remember the house of David, the temple. It's the city, Jerusalem. It, it was one place it was called, amen, the, the, the city of David. And so now he began to ponder. He began to reason. He began to understand and realize. If, if they turn back, he said, if this people go up to do sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem. Hmm. A place. A place that had been dedicated. A place that God had chosen. A place that God had put his hand and presence. If they go back. And it's nothing like going back to church. That's for all of us. Not just backsliders. We all subject backside a little bit from, from Sunday to Monday, Sunday to Wednesday. <laughs> but 
Thank God I come back to church. Come back to the temple. Come back to the house of God. Because if I'm going to get my head on right, it's going to be at the house of God. If I'm going to get my heart right, it's going to be in the house of God. You can't forsake the house of God and stay right. But if you stay committed to the house of God, you can get right. Oh, but preacher, you just don't understand. No, you don't understand. There's power and authority to the house of God upon this earth that you can't find no other place. Because of who's the God of the house. So, as he, he began to, to take this into heart, he said, Then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their, to their land, to their God, to the place. Remember the heart. The heart is the, is the seat. It's the place where passions, desires and, uh, that, that begin to. Because if you just get it, keep it right, and get it right, and keep it right. So, even unto Rehoboam, the king of Judah, and they shall, watch this. He come to the conclusion that, you know what? They'll just kill me. They'll do away with me. And go again to Rehoboam, the king of Judah. Watch this. That's what you and I need to be careful. The New Testament taught us as fathers not to provoke our children. You know what? To anger. You know what? If it's, if it's a, we're living in a world today that provokes their children. Not so much, I'm gonna, I'll use this for, as an anger, but they provoke or encourage or lead them and take them to be involved in so many other areas. It's not pleasing to God. <laughs> Instead of in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Because even, even here, Jeroboam knew, if they just start going his families back to the house of God, their heart's going to be turned. They're going back to this true world. Because nothing can take the place of this one true God. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it sounds like. It don't make any difference. Only this God can transform us and make us and mold us. And give us the true liberty that we're looking for. Only this God can fill up the voidness. As we begin to worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm glad to be a disciple of Jesus Christ this morning. How about you? Oh, it's got its difficulties. It's got its ins and outs. What do you mean by that? We're humanity. Likes, dislikes. Grumbles, gripes. Heartaches, disappointments. Even in the house. Even in the house. But you know what? I'm not going to forsake the house. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't like everything in my house. Some of them chairs just don't. And I ain't talking about the people in it. I'm talking about the furniture. I said the things in my house. They're not in my house right now. They're all here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I'm talking about certain types of furniture and certain things of this and that. And <laughs> Hallelujah. If we could do it again, we thank God we're not. And I hope, pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Much as I dislike it, I'm not willing to rebuild it. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll just endure unto <laughs> the end. Praise God. But, but there's, you know, I still thank God for the house. So watch this. As he began, so he instituted. A new method of worship. New objects to worship. You know, it's amazing. That old spirit that, that Aaron. Hmm. Now watch this. 
Because this is where I got to start tying it in to fathers and to leaders. Because Aaron was the one. Back when Moses, when Israel couldn't wait as the twelve, couldn't wait on Moses for just 40 days to come off of that mountain after being with God to bring down the commandments and the laws that God had written with his own finger to give unto them. Whenever he, they, they couldn't, we don't know what's happened to him. Now Aaron, you know, kind of makes it sound like that these, these God just appeared and just come out. But that's not true. He told them to take off the gold, off the ears and the fingers and everything. And put it in a vat. Now, but if you read on further in scripture, you'll find out that he fashioned it and formed it with tools. Aaron did. Called the golden calf. And so now we come several hundred years later. And Jeroboam now has taken over. And he's going to start the same practice here. You look at the 28th verse. For whereupon the king took counsel. And made two calves of gold. And said unto them. It's too much for you to go to Jerusalem. Hmm. I'm going to use my good friend brother Bobby this morning. He constantly tell me. He said it's worth the drive. Good 45 minute drive one way. He said, it's worth the drive. When you when you're truth and when you need whole truth, and I'm going to tell you something, you're going to need it on your dying day. We're living in a season and a time we need truth. Truth is what's going to sustain us. Truth is what will establish us and give us the grit and the boldness and the backbone. Truth is what will keep confusion driven out of our hearts, our spirits and mind, that we won't compromise when the pressure's on. And I'm telling you, I won't never forget that little story I read about those two Marines. Hallelujah. That stood in front of that bus as it, that truck as it's come bearing down in on them. When, when the Iraqis and all the others, I can't remember which ones, but, but when they all fled and run from it. But our two American men on foreign soil, hey man, had been trained and taught. And they stood there with their guns and filling that truck up. And saved all of the policemen and the military people that was behind them. It cost them their lives. But they saved many lives. Why? Because they've been trained and taught. That's just, this is what we do. Ever been a time with the church to stand up, get shoulder to shoulder? Said, We're going to stand for the gospel. We're going to stand for truth. This is right. Let the enemy come in like a flood. Let him come in. Amen. Let him attack. But we're not, we're not deviating. We're not stepping to the side. We're going to hold on to this. We're not going to allow our own passions, our own desires. Amen. Just because they're going to go back to Jerusalem. Watch this. I'm telling you, Jeroboam was nothing but carnality. It was all about himself. And he was willing, amen, to put everybody else at risk. With God at this cost. That's the reason it's so important to you when you're voting for people and putting them in positions. And the laws they try to pass. And the directions they try to take. You've been listening to the radio any at all lately. <laughs> you listen to it any at all. Well, there's some actions and some directions. Hey, it's going to lead this country to doom. Because we're not exempt, exempt from the judgments of God. Okay? So you hang with me. I'm, I'm going to try to hurry. I know I'm, I'm going to get in trouble here if I don't. So he set up these two golden calves. Put one in Dan and one in Bethel. And he invites them. He said, it's too far to go to Jerusalem. It's going to take too much wear on you. Let's just go here and watch him. He gives the credit of their deliverance 
Amen. To these golden calves. He's telling them that this God, this invisible God of Israel wasn't enough. It had, he had to depend upon the backs of these golden calves. To bear the load and to bring you out. You see, all different types of form of worship. It's been always, even from the very day of Pentecost. That's the reason Jude wrote unto us, amen. Contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Hold on to these doctrines. Why do you think John wrote, amen, 40 years after? Hallelujah, he was talking about this morning. And John, amen, about Jesus Christ and who he was as the Messiah. And we got some here that don't believe that the Messiah has come. But I'm telling you, he's, he's came. He's alive and well. We know that. And so as we understand that, we must worship him in spiritual. So as we pursue after these things, and we got to understand, I'm not going to allow no gold and calf. It may look pretty. It may sound good. It may feel good. Amen. I mean, we can get emotionally worked up into this thing. We can actually feel some chill bumps. We can actually speak in tongues. But it won't have that Jerusalem ring. And if you'll just watch and study a while after a while, the fruits of the Holy Ghost won't show up. And there's nine of them. And if the Holy Ghost is present... And if it's ruling and reigning in our lives, it'll show up. They'll show up. So that's how it began. And that's how it was set up. And the Bible simply says this in the 30th verse. This thing became, this thing became a sin. For the people went to worship before the one, even unto Dan. And he made a house of high places. Made priests of the lowest of the people, which were not of the sons of Levi. If you go to 2 Chronicles 11, 13 through 17, you'll read where the Levites, the sons of the Levite, left Israel, the northern kingdom. They made their way back to Judah. They made their way back, amen, to the south. Go and read it. The true priest and high priest left this northern tribe and forsaken them because of the deeds and the actions of Jeroboam. And so now Jeroboam's taken the authority to put into as high priest, to put him into places of these temples and this place of worship, putting of the lowest state, lowest people that are believing. See, you really don't know what an individual believes until the pressure's on. I heard a statement just this week, how true it is, it just on the radio, of one of our previous presidents that made the statement about abortion. Made the statement, said if they survived the abortion, they ought to be killed. That just blows my mind. I don't see how anybody can make such a statement. Start with the abortion, but then second, if the child survived it, that that life ought to be taken. Just leave it there. But he was once your leader. He was once your chief of command. He was once your president. And then we wonder why the chaos we're in today. You see, when you start sowing seeds, the law of the harvest is going to happen. And God, God's big enough God to allow it. Like it or not. He'll let it come up and fulfill because that was the choosing of man. Because he's never... Taken the power to choose. Just like right here. He hasn't done it. 
you read on down through there, you begin to watch some things. First Kings 13, and now the 13th chapter begins to talk about a man of God that came to him. You look at the first verse, 13 and 1. Behold, there came a man of God out of Judah. Come from the south. Comes and he speaks to Jeroboam. He informs him, he tells him, because Jeroboam's at the point going to burn incense at the altar. The altar's mentioned all the way through this. Time would not allow me to talk about how many times and how often David and others had to build altars. Noah had to build an altar. Altar building is important. Without an altar in your life, you, 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 can't, you can't live for God. You've got to make altars. You've got, you got to fashion them and form them and shape them. You may have your own particular place on a regular basis. Or, or you can make an altar, I believe, any place at any moment time. Especially in our day of time. As long as you're crying out to this one. One true living God. And so as you watch it, that's the reason to watch this. If we ever build a new church, hallelujah, by the help of God, we're going to have some prayer rooms and we're probably going to design them or set them up a little different to what enhance prayer. Amen. Put some things in there that encourage us to help create the atmosphere. Everybody, anybody ever needed a little help, amen, to pray? Hallelujah, a little help in the atmosphere. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you can just step in. Man, it's there, man. You can just get with it. Other times you can be in an hour later, you're still in there going... That's just it. So in this 13th chapter, this man of God sent to him to Judah. He goes to him. He prophesies. He prophesies about of Josiah. It's going to be 280 years before he ever comes on the scene. Amen. But he's coming. He's coming, Jeroboam. You hear me? He's coming. You know what God was doing? He sent a man, God, to him, trying to get Jeroboam to turn around. Trying to get him to understand and comprehend, hey, the direction you're taking, the, the altars you're building, the things you're doing, it's not right. It's not pleasing to God. It's not keeping the statutes and commandments of the Lord. And so he warns him. And sure enough, and so you know what, Jeroboam, instead of receiving the man of God, amen, he speaks out against him on him and his arm his hand swivels up and swithers up and you know what you watch this now now you know if, if you got a God in your life and you depend on him as your God and my arm just swithered up withered up because a man of God showed up even though you didn't want to recognize him as the man of God but if my arm you know what I turned to my God You know, Jeroboam even knew that golden calf couldn't do it. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people staying in positions and places. They know within their own hearts and in their own minds and spirit, it's not right. But just for the ride and just for the fun of it and by the blindness of the enemy, they carry on. Even he had to turn to the man of God and ask him to entreat. Call God. God honored him. God blessed him. Straighten it back out. Now watch this. I'm covering a lot of territory here. But I, obedience, obedience, obedience. Even the man of God's not exempt from that. If you go back and read that chapter. Because God instructed the man of God. Don't give us a name. Just says the man of God. Tells him, he said, don't you eat no bread. And don't you drink any water. Even after Jeroboam had invited him to his own home. and He told him, he said, man, you can give me up to hide he told me, God told me not to eat no water or not to, not to leave the same way I came. And sure enough, he left. The Bible says there was an old prophet. An old prophet that shouldn't have been there. He should have left when the rest of those left. There's a time sometimes whenever I got to leave camp. 
You just crossed the line. You just instituted something here that we can't stand with. I love our government. I love our nation. But whenever they cross the lines, it's contrary to this book here. I have a right by this not to have to obey it. I have a right by this to preach against sin and unrighteousness and ungodly lifestyles. And they can call it a hate crime. But you know who's lying to them? They are. Those, amen, as supreme judges or whoever that passes laws that falls upon this nation and passes those laws and to the point in place that it becomes a hate crime when you preach against lifestyles that's contrary, that's abomination against God, those are the ones, not us. But we still have an obligation unto the word of God and to the God of the word to preach this truth, the truth that will get us what? Remember, this is a pulpit. What's this thing designed for? To pull us out of the pits. To pull us out of the pits of darkness. Pull us out of the pits, amen, of lust and of sin and the power of the enemy. That's what this thing is all about. Anybody ever been pulled out? I mean, have you ever been bogged down? Hallelujah. Never had somebody had to reach out and pull you out or something. And sometimes you thought, man, y'all going to pull me a knife. We got to get you out. Because the only other, other, other outcome, amen, is you're going to sink and you're going to die. You keep on pulling. Keep on pulling. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because what Brother McCain tell us? God can pull us out. If we can stand the pulling, God can pull us out. Even at times that we, we, we brought upon ourselves, if we can stand the pulling, God will pull us out. Hallelujah. I know we want God just miraculously and supernaturally. Just, you know, boom. Hey, we all back. No, it don't work that way all the time. It doesn't work that way. Anyway, the man of God, he left. He should have kept running. He shouldn't have slowed down. I, we don't know. I don't know why, but maybe he's tired. Uh, he's sitting on a tree, and the old prophet's sons come in. They tell him about it, ask which way to go, and they saw, and he gets a little donkey and goes out there and meets him, tells him he's an old prophet, and he lies to him. That's what the Bible said. The old prophet lied to him. Told him, angel told him, come come back to his house and eat bread and water. And when he gets there and eats a little bread and water, the old prophet prophesies to him and said, you're going to die. And sure enough. So we see a process that's going on. Amen. So, so the place where we head it, it's a long ways of getting there. There's a lot amen, of, of times at God's visitation and his hand moving and trying, amen, to get Israel. Let me tell you something. Don't shove aside visitations of God in your lives when you feel the touch of the Lord when you feel that old conscience convicts you again you ought not get frustrated we ought to be glad that God's still willing to convict my heart and convict my spirit and work on me that I won't continue to walk in the dark way and the way that's going to lead me to total destruction. No, God poured on me. Chastise me every time you need to. That's a flight of love of the Father. That's where to chastise us. Not just to let us do our own thing. I'm fixing to say something. There's some out there that God's letting them do their own. The Bible calls it suffering. It's against His will, but He's letting them. Because they have no desire. For him of truth. They have no love for him of truth. I'm, I'm covering some places, folks. I'm digging in some places. You talk about getting a fight. You talk about hurting feelings. You talk about making people mad. But it's still the word of God. It's still the word. That's what happened here. And so, as you follow on through all of this, slip into the 14th chapter. I'm just going to cover a few verses. Amen. The Lord shall smite Israel. As a read, the, the prophet, amen, 
He, he, he tells them, he goes to them, he tells them what the Lord's going to do with Israel. He's going to smite them like a reed, shaken, going to pluck it up, going to destroy it, root it up out of Israel, the good land, the land that he blessed them with. Why? Their disobedience. This is going to happen. And the point I'm trying to get across, you just watch this. Some people think that God just, out of nowhere, brings judgment and, and, and opens up the earth and things of this nature. But I'm telling you, God is full of mercy and compassion and long-suffering and general. None of us would be here today if, it, if we wasn't. But there's coming a day, and watch this. Brother Ford didn't have a clue what I was going to be talking about this morning and the method that I'm talking about it. Amen. And whenever he made this statement about the severity of this God and about the, the, the wrath of this God. You know why America's turned the way she's turned? She don't fear the judgment of God any longer. She doesn't fear the wrath of God. You know why? Because she doesn't hear about it. Very, very little. I could probably get a couple of these elders to stand up and ask them, how often did y'all hear about hell and brimstone? How often did you hear about the lake of fire? How do they preach about a name against sin? And I'm talking about name it. I'm talking about demonstrations where they call individuals. Tell them what this guy was blind. Tell them what color shirt they got on. Tell them what kind of sin they're doing. If you don't repent, you're fixing to be in judgment. Hey, that'll move you. Showtime. You know why they could have revival in the book of Acts? Because when you lied to the Holy Ghost, you died in the house of God. You see what I'm trying? You know what? I believe before this thing's over with, we're going to see some of these things. How many of you believe the church is going to be an axe church before this thing's over with? I'm not saying we're not. I'm just saying it's going to get. As the world becomes more wicked and vile and darkness and, and corrupt. Hey, the only way you're going to contend with that is by the help of God. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. By obeying the Spirit of God and getting in the gifts of the Spirit and walking in them. We won't be able to contend. I'm not a contender for the devil. You're not going to outsmart him, outmaneuver him. God can. And God can help us. So, just for time's sake, you can go to 1 Kings, the 16th chapter. You're going to read of the, of the man called Basha. And you're going to watch some, the, the changing of hands now after Jeroboam and the keys died and goes off the scene. And another one comes on. One of them didn't last no time. You're going to start watching all type of corruption. It begins to take place in this political rank. And if you got the time, I won't take the time this morning. I got some of it. But all the way through these next few chapters. Some of them didn't last just a few days. Some of them got drunk and their own captain come in and slew them. I mean, they didn't last no time. And I want you to notice something all through the scriptures. <laughs> Asa. He was reigning in his 15th year. Asa was in his 23rd year. Asa, the king of Judah. Through all the kingships of this northern king. From Jeroboam. Obedience to keep you. When nothing else will. Having a desire and a passion. Even though you may not do everything perfect. But because you have a desire. You have a passion to live for God. There's some promises that he can keep you. There's some promises that he'll help you. And so it finally isn't just for time's sake. Let, let, me, let me just move on. It finally brings us, amen, to Ahab. Ahab was known 
And if I'd had the time this morning to address all the wickedness and evilness. And they pointed back to every one of those kings back to Jeroboam. The sin of Jeroboam. The sin of Jeroboam. The sin of Jeroboam. But when it gets to Ahab. Scriptures begin to even go in greater depthness. This is the son of Omri. And whenever he came on the scene. You're going to notice it's now reached the 38th year of Asa, the king of Judah. This king had survived and went through, experienced all this. And there was warfares, warfares between even Basha and them come against uh, uh, Judah. And warfare, there's conflict, always conflict and fighting going on and trying to destroy them. But he survived. He, he was overcoming and being victorious over this. But then you're going to notice Ahab the son of Ara did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him, above all the he had done evil. He was doing evil. He was getting involved. And, and the Samara did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that was before him. And it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. A light thing to walk in those sins. What does he do? He marries Jezebel. That was the daughter of a king of idol gods. What's happening here now? He's going to start bringing in and building and instituting temples. In fact, if you watch Ahab, he begins to build temples to Baal. He begins to build shrines and groves and places. He institutes and takes a hold of the whole nation of Israel to begin to worship this God. It's coming again. You're going to have to make up in your mind in this one world order. Who you're going to serve. Now there's a debate on where the church is going to be. But most of us wants to be premier. We want to leave him. But everybody's not so sure about that are they? And so we may have to endure some things. Somebody is. Either the church or the Jews. I can tell you that. The church and the one God believing people. They're going, to, it's going to, they're going to experience some things, some tribulations, some great tribulation upon this earth. And the writer warns us of what's going to happen, what's going to take place. Could this be some of the things that's unfolding in preparation? It's unfolding and taking over. How are we going to, huh, where are we going to turn? Who are we going to depend on? You know what? We're going to need a God that's going to answer by fire. We're going to need a God that can manifest himself and show up and, and come to our rescue and help us. So going through the scriptures here and it talked about her. And so we begin to see where, where Ahab and I didn't mention all the others. They begin to build and I could have went to Rehoboam, Rehoboam, a man. Uh, if you go back to him, Solomon, he, he actually would have civil war. If you go back and read it, he would have civil war and go against Jeroboam and deny them, destroy them. God sent him a man of God and told him, said, don't go. This is my doings. And you know what? Rehoboam obeyed the man of God. He goes back to Judah and he starts building cities and he starts fortifying walls and building cities and walls and, and defense places outside of Jerusalem. He began to build cities that help protect him. And but so you see the opposite of the two things going on because he was willing to listen to the man of God that was sent to him. Hmm. I, I know I'm trying to I'm doing my best, but we got so after he had reared up and set all this up, this is where it really comes to the place where Elijah, we, we studied it two weeks ago, where with the time that he comes to him, a man just seemingly out of nowhere. Man of God comes to Ahab and tells him. 
by my word, the heaven's going to be closed up. We studied about the widow and how God was supplying and how he, he moved upon. And even, watch this, even the beginning of this next chapter, amen, right before this, it talks about where the widow, whenever the child had died and she brings him to the man of God or he gets him, takes him up and he lays on him and he revives him. And so the, the mother says, the widow, if you please, in fact, the Bible called her a mistress. Huh. Now you look up the definitions of that, you're going to get two different, two total opposites. She was probably one at one time. Now, after the obeying God and hearing the man of God and doing the thing, she became the other. Study it. Go back and look at it. I won't do it. Just, just trust me with that one. But she looks at him after the son's given back, said, Now I know that thou art the man of God, and the word of truth is in your mouth. And so he sent now to Ahab. And so now he comes to Ahab and tells him. And it closed up for three and a half. And now it reached a point. And all this is not in the scripture text. But it reached a point. Amen. That Ahab and, 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 and his governor. Amen. Amen. Begin to search out. They sent out to two separate parts of the land. That they might can find some water. A spring. Something somewhere. That they might save the last few horses and little donkeys they got left. And sure enough. Amen. And Dad's out there and he sent Elijah. God speaks to him, says, go back, show yourself unto Ahab. And so when he shows up to him, and you know the story, not time on how I won't have time to go through all of it because you don't mind. So, but finally he goes to Ahab and tells him, he meets him. Now, what's, what does Ahab say to the man of God? He blamed the man of God for troubling Israel. Can I help you out right there? A lot of times when the man of God or when the word of God through song or whatever way. Sometimes if you're not careful, you're the one that's causing the trouble. You're the one that's causing the heartache. Hey, we could see it in this country right here. As apostolic preachers preaching against sin and unrighteousness and ungodly actions and deeds. Amen. You're the one that's stirring it up. You're the one that's calling. No, no. You're the one choosing the pathway you've chosen. Turning from God. The commandments of God and the way of God. And we got a commandment from God to preach against it. For the sake of souls for the sake of humanity and so here the man of God shows up and he tells him he said oh no Ahab you're the one that changed his commandment you're the one that became disobedient you're the one that instigated amen the idol worship and the idol gods you're the man and what's the difference what's the difference between Ahab and David when David's approached with a man of God and the fingers put in his face and says, you're the man. What's David do? He repents. He turns. And you don't ever read where he ever commits that anymore. Hmm. But not Ahab. Oh, no. Don't want to do it. You know, the three and a half years passed. He shows up. He comes to him now. He says, hey, well, watch this. Go get him, Ahab. You go get all of Israel and you bring them in. It's showtime. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what God will answer. That's still amazing to me at times, amen. But, but watch this. All right. Wednesday night, Brother Ford mentioned some things has happened in this country. I never dreamed that I would live to see. But it's happening. I'd probably get 100%, well, any, with any age at all, especially in the last 20 years. How many of you ever thought that you'd see the day that go to the Supreme Court's about marriage? 
not in America. All right, stage is being set. The testing time is upon us. Who are we going to trust? Who are we going to rely upon? Because watch this. The more they're giving themselves to that and the evilness and wickedness, that's, that's, that's what you and I have got to battle against. That's the spirits that we got to war against. That's the reason we go out in the highways and the byways. And one place Jesus talks about to what? Compel them. <laughs> Jude talks about we're going to literally snatch them out of the fires. That's going to be somebody that's got to walk with God. That's going to be somebody that believes in God and sold themselves out. Hey, I know this is kind of not what you expected on Father's Day, but we need fathers. It's going to be fathers in their homes because it's, you can't just depend on the church and you can't depend on the schools. It's got to start at the homes. You see the enemy knew, if I can just get the homes, why do you think he introduced Hollywood? If I can get the homes, I can get the rest of it. I can get the churches. I can get the government. I can get it all. I could just get the homes. Jesus' daughter said, you just keep the strong man from being bound. He won't be, he won't be robbed. He won't be overcome. Watch this. If you do a study on churches, even in America, for the most part, even in the apostolic movement and many of the others, it was the women that would kick it off, get it going, get it started, until God could send a man. And then we start getting into how'd we get to the place and get mixed up with some of these roles? Well, I'm digging up some stuff. I could I could I could open some more few cans there if you want me to. God to work. Who will let? Who will let? Who, who will submit? Who will give? And so that's the reason we need dads in their own homes. Saying, you know what? We're going to live for God. We're going to humble and yield ourselves. We're going to pray. We're going to love God. We're going to worship God. We're going to go to the house of God. That's going to be a priority in our lives. We're going to enjoy a lot of other things and get involved in a lot of that. But the number one thing is we're going to serve God. I'm going to raise and take my children and my family to the house of God. I want them to know what it is to feel God and the power of God and the love of God. I want them to know, hey, folks, we're trying to make our way back in some areas. We can say what we want to. I want my children to know what it is to see a lame to walk and blinded eyes to be open. I want my children to know what it is, amen, to see the drunk of the community, if I can put it that way. Way. Or maybe the druggie of the community comes staggering in the doors one night and all of a sudden in one service and the Holy Ghost and fire falls and liberates and delivers that man. And when he walks back out of here, but he's got a sound mind. He's a new creation and he can go out and turn the community upside down. Hey, I tell you, I got enough Bible to back it up. I want to be careful. I'm going to leave that alone. I talked about it a little bit Wednesday night. But if we're not careful as a church, Pick up means and tactics in the ways of the world. Instead of humbling ourselves and building altars. Now you watch this. The challenge was you get them. You 450 false prophets. Amen. That bailed. You bring them. You get them here. 400 to had Jezebel. Amen. Had fed, had fed her, her, her groves of prophets. You bring them. Now, 
there's a, anyway, they showed up and they gather up. <laughs> Amen. And Jeremiah, uh, uh, he gives them the opportunity here now. Elijah, I'm sorry. Elijah gives them the opportunity. He said, okay, we're going to have bullets. Don't bring the bullets. I'm going to let you be first. Many of y'all, y'all can be first. We're going to let you do it. You know the story. And so he sure enough. Now watch this. I've heard this statement throughout my ministry. But they're so sincere. I always carry them to this bunch right here. I said, I've never seen anybody more sincere than these 450 right here, buddy. From morning to noon and after, they cried, screamed. They got to the place, leaping, jumping up on the altars. They reached the place, amen, taking knives. And when that wasn't enough blood, latchets mean swords. They began to take swords and cut themselves. The Bible said the blood gushed. They were spilling their own blood. Don't tell me the devil can't blind you. Don't tell me false doctrines can't get you into a place and into a place that you'll give your life for nothing. I'm not trying to be ugly this morning. I'm just telling you like it is. You can be deceived and give yourself for something that you believed. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this statement. I believe this with all my heart. But walk contrary to this. This trumps all prayers. This trumps all fasting. This trumps all visions and angels that visit you. This trumps it. This beats it. This is right. This is the only thing that's settled in heaven. Dreams and visions are not. Visitations from so-called angels are not. The Bible warned us that the devil himself can clothe himself like an angel. You begin to see why we're in the mess we're in. Why we're dealing with some of the things we're dealing with. I'd love to tell you, well, it's going to get better. I can't tell you that. Paul warned you, said it's going to wax worse and worse. But you know what you and I can do? We can save ourselves from this untoward generation. We can purpose in our hearts just like Daniel and those three Hebrews. We're not going that way. We're not bowing. You put the pressure on if you want to. But I'm telling you, the God that I'm serving is going to deliver me. Throw me in that fiery furnace, but he's going to deliver. Hey, I'm serving the same God. He's going to deliver us. But we may face some fiery furnaces. We may face a den of lions. We may face some opposition. Hey, man, we may face a gun pointing us right in, right in our face. What are we going to do? Outdraw them? Are we going to call on the God of heaven that can send a fire from heaven and consume them? Oh, that's too far-fetched. You believe in Hollywood? I'm telling that to the world, not y'all. <laughs> they believe you could come out of, out of slime and this involved and this and involved with that and that. You can believe in that? But you can't believe in a God that will answer by fire? And so sure enough, you know, the process they went through. And finally, what, 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 what did the man of God have to do? He calls them in. He said, come in, I want you all to watch this. Notice, he didn't let them just stand back there and just wait till the fire fell. 
You've got to watch me fashion and rebuild the altar because there's no fire going to fall without the altar first being rebuilt and set up in order. God does things decent and in order. He's not out about glorifying the flesh. He's not obligated to nobody but to his own word and to his own purpose. And when God's obligated that and you and I get involved, he will see us through and he'll move, amen, in answering our prayers. Now, now watch him. I believe it's either 61 or 63 words. You know, he began to mock them, began to talk about them. He even told them, he said, hey, maybe your God's asleep. <laughs> well, I'm glad the Bible says our God never slumbers nor sleep. It doesn't matter what time you call on him, what is the situation, he's not asleep. He's not slumbering somewhere. He's not weary. He's not tired. Praise God. Hallelujah. We can stay on my time. Watch him. <laughs> he gets that altar set up. I love it. Uh, now watch this. He gets that bull. He cuts it. He sets it on the wood. But you know what? He goes a step further. Step further than you really read in, in, in preparation of any prior uh, sacrifice. He begins to call. He says, I need four barrels of water. My first question is, where did they get the water? I believe the man of God told him. I mean, we just experienced three and a half years of famine. And watch this. In Samaria, Scripture's real plain about it. The place where Ahab had built his temples unto his God, which was known as the God of weather. But they couldn't get their God to move. They couldn't get their God to answer. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't give them a peek. He wouldn't say nothing. But when the man of God got the order right, and then not only four barrels, but representing all 12 tribes, 12 barrels of water, pours out upon it. The Bible said it fills up the trench, which was two seed measures. Amen. Which is a good footing. Anybody ever poured any foundations? A good footing around it. So all the water that's coming down is soaking all that can come. Amen. And pull up around it. You know what the man of God was doing? He's making sure Israel didn't say there was some magical thing by man that was going to cause this thing to be burnt up. <laughs> Not after pouring 12 barrels of water on top of it. Amen. I, I can just, you know, you, you got them with all, all groups. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, boy, that preacher's just messed up me. Man, he's, he's lost his marbles. <laughs> Ain't no God going to do I mean, that's the way unbelievers think. I understand that. It don't bother me. They're an unbeliever. You can't expect them to believe in the miraculous. You can't expect them to believe in the supernatural. That's the reason they won't get out beside themselves. They the ones who won't never step out the bed. Praise God. This God. And folks, this wasn't the first time that this God had answered by fire. Throughout the scriptures, amen, from Leviticus. David, with Samson's parents, he had answered with fire. Come down and consume the sacrifice. Now watch this. I believe he's talking about another fire too. If there's ever been something that God wants to baptize this church with, it's Holy Ghost and fire. It's with Holy Ghost and fire that burns out all the iniquity, that burns out all the sin, that burns out everything that would bind. 
us and hold us up. The only fire, amen, amen, with the three Hebrews. I'm telling you, the only thing that burned loose was that that had them bound up. Hallelujah. Can you just imagine them in that furnace? I can see them the first round or two, you know, going. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up. Kind of like some of us, you know. We, we start out just, uh, you know. But the Holy Ghost of fire begins to move. You ever been touched with fire? You ever had a poker put? <laughs> it make you move. I'm glad I got something that'll move me. I'm glad I got something that'll move me. We're not bound by fear. We're not bound by unbelief. We're not just standing, amen, amen, trembling and wondering what we're going to do. Oh, no. I got a Holy Ghost and fire that's burning on the inside of me. Amen. In 2020. And then you know what? He's going to ride with us. He's going to walk with us. We're going to present a sacrifice that's holy and acceptable. That's this body right here. Amen. That the Holy Ghost and fire can fall. Amen. Another power of the Holy Ghost and fire. He can burn out all the doubt and all the unbelief. It caused a power to fall in this place and draw us closer to him to be what he desires us to be. God wants to give us revival, folks. God is wanting to give us revival. Sister Shelley, Holy Ghost and fire can burn all of that cancer out of Miss Beverly. All of it. But if not, he can't prepare the soul inside the vessel because he knows. He knows what's best. And you know what? We're big enough to trust God. We're big enough to trust him. Because we're praying His will, not ours. And we got our preferences. And if, you know, if we can use any leverage, we're going to do it. But I'm telling you right now, we must pray God's will in this end time. For every soul and every individual. Hey, it's a time to be saved. It's a time to be stirred. It's a time to move. Today is a day of salvation. Now is a time. Hallelujah. Two weeks from now, it can be two weeks too late. What a day to live for God. What a day. Man, to give ourselves and present ourselves and offer ourselves unto the service of Jesus Christ. We love you this morning. I hope and pray that something's been said here that stir something inside of you as dads, but it's not only as dads, but all of us. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to pray for my dad. I'm going to pray for my grandpas. I'm going to pray for whoever, sons and daughters, that they might be saved. Because God, <laughs> Holy Ghost and fire, let it burn among us. Can I say something else? You don't have to wait till you get here. You can be driving down the road and the Holy Ghost and fire show up. You can be in your own living room, your own house, or your own family. Holy Ghost and fire can show up. God's not bound by this place here. He's not. He's in the, he's in the delivering, saving business. I'm telling you, he's not about to file bankruptcy. Cova hadn't got him. You know, he hadn't had to isolate himself. Sure hadn't. So let's be, the, let's be the hands, let's be the mouth, let's be the witness, the testimony of what the Holy Ghost can do for us as we give ourselves unto Him. Love you, appreciate you. Thank you for just being in this service with us.
Praise God. Uh, would y'all like the song? You feel the song? Lord, come on. I, 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 let's sing. If you, if, you, if you can't stand, sit back down. It'd be all right. You're not coming back tonight. You can rest all evening. Praise God. I, I, and I don't put more on you, you know. So, but I, I just feel that. Let's, let's sing something. Let's, let's give this a little time just to kind of soak in and just kind of minister to us. And, and, and folks, this thing is real. We're right in the midst of this thing, folks. But you know what? God's going to help us. God's going to work for us. God's going to minister for us. Amen. We've we got to pray for our neighbors, our loved ones. And, and, and you know, it's Father's Day. Let's, let's lift up some families around here. You know, you know, these are some troubled times and difficult times. And we got some singles that's in this house that needs our prayers. We got families. We've got young people. They need our prayers. They need our commitment. They need our death. We got to stay true for their sake. They got to have a place that they, you know, where they can come back to and come to on a regular basis that they can. Get the move of God, the move of the Holy Ghost among us. I'm telling you what, there's nothing like the moving of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing can take the place of it. <laughs> the power of God. In fact, we brag on it. How many of you ever heard the statement? Yeah, we didn't even have no preaching last night. I'm not against that, okay? You know I'm not. <laughs> but you know what we're saying? Hey, God moved. God moved in there. And you know what? We just didn't go with our program. Man, God moved in there. Man, we had a... It's nothing like it is. God bless you. God bless these things. said that man of God made that short prayer and the fire fell down from heaven consumed the sacrifice consumed the wood the stones and licked up all the water well hallelujah your God can take care of everything that may be bothering you it seems like you can't get enough to get it going but if you get the fire burning he said it'd burn out all the hay the dross and the stubble and it'll cause only the things that are eternal to remain amen praise the lord how many of you want that eternal life well hallelujah oh hallelujah hallelujah help us. on the day of pentecost there assembled but a few but the most important thing was soon to come. When from heaven God would send a commodity rushing wind, and they found the Holy Ghost so genuine. Well, it's not form, and it's not fashion. There's salvation sent from God to speak mine. It's old, yet it's new. It's powerful, yet it's true. I'm so glad this Holy Ghost is genuine. No, it's not form, and it's not fashion. 
We're going to change courses right here a little bit. How about that? We're going to put it in another gear in a different key. <laughs> uh, that was low for me. Now if the devil has you bound and he's running you around, there's one way that your soul can be set free. You must repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you'll find this Holy Ghost, it's in you mind. It's not war and it's not passion. This salvation's in from God to be mine. It's whole, yet it's true. It's powerful yet it's true. I'm glad this Holy Ghost is genuine. Oh, it's not poor and it's not fashion. This salvation sent from God suits me fine. It's whole yet it's true. It's powerful yet it's true. I'm glad this Holy Ghost is genuine. Go up one more. Do it again. Go up one more. On the day of Pentecost, there was some but of you. But the most important thing was soon to come. When from heaven God would send like a mighty rushing wind, they found the Holy Ghost so genuine. Well, it's not old and it's not fashion. This salvation's in from God, Zeus be It's old and it's true. It's powerful and it's true. I'm glad this Holy Ghost is genuine. No, it's not poor, and it's not passion. This salvation sent from God suits me It's old and it's new, it's powerful and it's true. I'm glad this Holy Ghost is genuine. Now if the devil has you bound, and he's running you around, there's just one way your soul can be set free. You've got to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then you'll find the Holy Ghost is genuine. It's not poor and it's not fashion. This salvation sent from God to be revived. It's holy and it's true. It's powerful and it's true. I've let this Holy Ghost. Come on, how many got it this morning? It's not poor and it's not fashion. Pentecost's experience. I thank God for the experience we've had in the one called Jesus Christ today. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. God bless you.